The following message is brought to you by Champions Church. For more information, please visit champschurch.com. I want to get into the Word this morning. This is an exciting morning for me because I really believe that there are some things in today's message that are necessary for every single one of us. You heard what we were going to minister to as we bless the kids. We're going to talk about perseverance. We're in the middle of a series, Seven Steps to Love. We're going to find that that's one of the steps. Before we get into the Word here, I want to give you a few things that we're going to find for your notes. So if you're taking notes, you can write these things down. Number one, one thing that we're going to find is step four to the, in the seven steps of love. Step four to love. And we've gone through the first three. Today we're on the fourth one. The first one was moral excellence, and then moral excellence produced knowledge, and then knowledge produced uh, the self-control, and now we're going to get to today's step four. Another thing we're going to find is how to be fruitful. How to be fruitful. Now, fruitfulness is a call that we have upon our lives. Uh, Jesus said himself that God the Father is glorified that we bear much fruit. I think it's one thing to talk about being fruitful. It's another thing to learn how to be fruitful. I mean, I could talk about farming and my history in farming and tell you about all the crops that were grown and all of those things, but that's not necessarily teaching someone how to farm. I don't want to just talk about fruitfulness. I want to learn how to be fruitful. I want us to do that together. And then there's going to be a third thing that we're going to find. Now, get this. Don't roll your eyes. How to be perfect. How to be perfect. Now, this is kind of funny to me, right? I think about Jesus, and I hear the messages that he preaches. You know, you read in the Scripture there the words that are in red. If you've got a red-letter Bible, that's when Jesus is talking. So you're reading his sermons and the messages that he's preaching, and today I look at them and I think, well, no wonder they killed him, right? You read some of the things that he says, and you think, man, today if you were to stand up in church and say that, people would just run you out of town. But in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is preaching and he begins to speak about how blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. Don't you know some people were just thinking like, yeah. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Yeah. Oh, and he goes on through all of these things and and everyone is getting excited because he's preaching. You want to know the last word in his sermon? How he closed his sermon. Oh, it's been a great church service. People are excited. Everyone is being so blessed and enriched by these calls to righteousness. And then here's how he ends it. So therefore, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. I have a feeling it got quiet. Like, wait, hey, did he just say that? But he was serious. It wasn't a joke. There's a call on our lives to this perfection. And it is a possibility. In fact, the word perfect there, by definition, is mature. Mature and perfection are hand in hand in the Greek as you read through the Scripture there. So as Jesus is calling us to be perfect, He's calling us to maturity. As we apply the Word of God to our lives, we're going to see a perfection come to pass. We're going to see a maturity. We're going to find out today how to be perfect. How to answer that call that Jesus made when He said, now go be perfect. Because we have that within our abilities here. So if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Now we've seen this a few times 
if you've been here over the past few weeks, it's foundational in the series. It's going to contain those seven steps to love. Obviously, we've talked multiple times now about how important love is. God is love, based on the scripture. Perfect love has the ability, it casts out all fear. So when we're functioning in love, when love is our motivation and love is operating in our lives, there's no room for fear or anxiety. Love is a very important and necessary thing for us. In fact, we're not known as Christians by our church attendance. Jesus said, you'll be known as my disciples by your love for one another. So this pursuit of love is really priority for us. And it's one thing to know that we need to love, and it's another thing to see that there are steps to functioning and operating in love. And I want to look at this passage again and continue to see these things as steps. We need to have these things in our lives in order to be the believers that we're called to be. So 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith the same kind as, of, as ours, excuse me, by righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, we really don't have to read that first verse, but I like to read it. And it might get old to you, but a little repetition is a good thing. Repetition makes revelation a reality. Peter is writing this. Peter, the same Peter that was with Jesus, the same Peter that saw him rise up from the grave, the same Peter that saw him ascend to heaven, the same Peter that was there on the day of Pentecost and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the same Peter that preached and thousands came to Jesus. He says that the faith that you have is the same kind as his. I like that. I think that's worth noting. Because on occasion, there can be this inferiority complex that comes on us today, that all the things that we read about in the Scripture, all of the miracles and all of the signs and wonders and all of the incredible things are a thing of the past. It's not true. They're for the present, right here and right now. They're meant to be in the present to affect the present and to affect the future. And they're for me and for you. Now I want to read in verse 2, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord seeing that His divine power has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His glory and His excellence. For by these He's granted to us precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers in the divine nature. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? God's got a call on our lives to become just like Him. He's leading us and guiding us into his nature. It's the reason why holiness is so necessary. We can never operate in the nature of God without holiness. He is holy, not sometimes, all the time. So this call upon our lives is revealing that God has made us in his image, in his likeness, and he's doing this work inside of us. Now we're going to see the things that we need to pursue in verse 5. Now for this reason... Apply all diligence to supply the following. Now, you're going to see seven things here. One, moral excellence. And in moral excellence, knowledge. And in knowledge, self-control. And in self-control, and here's what we're going to talk about today, perseverance. And in perseverance, godliness. And in godliness, brotherly kindness. And in brotherly kindness, love. you got seven things there, starting with moral excellence and ending with love. You can see these things as dependent upon one another. Moral excellence is foundational. 
I think the reason why you don't see a church that's functioning and operating in the love that God has revealed and poured out for us to function and operate in is because the church has suffered a lapse in moral excellence. And oftentimes, Christians look very similar to people who are unbelievers in their habits and the things that they do and how they speak and how they function. The reality is we're meant to be very different. We're meant to be set apart. We're meant to function and operate in holiness. That's going to mean moral excellence, morality. Now, the passage goes on to say things that are very encouraging. That I think they're very much worth noting. But you'll see there that step four in these steps to love is perseverance. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But to finish this passage, let's read from verse 8. So if these qualities are in you and they are increasing, they render you neither useless or unfruitful. That means you're going to be very useful. It means actually employed. And you're going to be very fruitful in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now verse 9. The one that lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten purification from former sins. Therefore, be diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. How awesome is that? That if I devote my life to moral excellence and the knowledge of God, that means the knowledge that belongs to God, the things that he's revealed in his word, the things that he speaks. If I devote my life to self-control and operating in self-control and perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love, if that becomes... The description of my life, I'll never stumble. I'll never stumble. You'll never stumble. We'll function and operate in such a way that we're productive, that we're employed in the kingdom of God. I love that the word employed is used there. I kind of enjoy work from time to time. I do. I mean, it's just kind of there. It's in some things, well, it's relative. I mean, I might be able to push a shovel all day, but I don't necessarily like taking out the trash, right? So... It's kind of a goofy thing, but I'm not afraid of work. But the word employed there is awesome to me. It means something. You know how amazing it is to know that you've got purpose? How enriching and how powerful that is. Well, here's a direction to consider. I mean, it's kind of looking at it from the backside instead of the front side. But a few years back, a man wrote a book about purpose. And it immediately became a bestseller. Millions upon millions upon millions of people flocked to get that book. That tells me that there's a lot of people that don't have much purpose in their life. But these things leave us employed, not unemployed. They put us in a position where there's a reason to get up and get going. There's a reason to function and operate. There's a drive, a fire. There's a purpose for our lives. And I think that's something worth noting. Now, we're going to talk about perseverance today. Perseverance is going to be step four in these seven steps to love. One, it starts with moral excellence. It moves on to the knowledge of God and self-control. We talked about that. By the way, self-control, if you want to write this down in your notes, I didn't mention this last week, but it's worth mentioning. The word self-control in the Greek has a root word that it's made up out of. So as words are being formed, They're altered a little bit here and there, but they have foundations, and they share things in common with those foundations. Self-control in the Greek has as a foundation the word continence. Continence. 
It's bizarre, isn't it, right? Now, when I think of continents, I think of the ability to control my bowels. Now, we're in church. I know we got the kids in here, so, you know, kids, cover your ears. It basically means pooping on my terms, right? That's what self-control is. So when we're not operating in self-control, we're not pooping on our terms. We're being provoked to just dump, dump, dump. I'm mad, and so I'm just going to let it out. I'm going to let it fly. But God's called us to operate in self-control. It's not a problem to be irritated by situations and circumstances, but it is a problem if those situations or circumstances cause us to lash out. So self-control. Now, self-control leads us to perseverance. Perseverance is where we're at today. If we're taking notes here, you can just write down perseverance. Everything else that we say from here on out is going to be about perseverance. Now, by definition, the word persevere means the following. It means to persist in a state, enterprise, or undertaking in spite of counter-influence, opposition, or discouragement. I want to give you a couple of passages of Scripture here because I think we need to cross-examine a couple of words. Perseverance is different from patience. Patience is different from perseverance. But it gets a little complicated to deliver the word, to, to teach or to minister the word here, because oftentimes in the Scripture, the interpretation flip-flops from perseverance to patience or from patience to perseverance. And depending on what translation you use, I'm reading here from a New American Standard. You could look in a King James. King, King James uses the word patience a lot. And he uses the word patience where the New American Standard would use the word perseverance. I think the King James Bible is extremely accurate. I think it's probably the most accurate. However, I think that one of the things that would frustrate me as a reader is that interpretation of patience where it should be perseverance because they're not the same. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. I'll explain what I mean by that. You can take these down for your notes. Romans chapter 15, verse 5. Romans chapter 15, verse 5. That might feel a little academic, but we're not going to keep it this way. We're going to move forward. There's going to be some things that are very exciting and enriching. Romans chapter 15, verse 5. Perseverance has a source. It has a source. Romans 15, verse 5, refers to God, the Heavenly Father, as the God of perseverance. It reads like this. Now the God of perseverance... And consolation grant to you to be like-minded toward one another according to Jesus Christ. Now the God of perseverance, when I read that, it stands out to me. It identifies that this is something that identifies God. Perseverance is a very powerful thing that if it is something that comes from God, then that means I'm going to have to go to God to get it. God's going to have to be in my life, operating in my life for it to exist. I love the word of we use it a lot, but we don't think about it very much. Of has the possibility of being possessive. It has possessive possibilities. You could say, this is Preston's Bible. That's possessive. That means it belongs to me. Or you could say, that's the Bible of Preston. So as we read here that God is the God of perseverance, we can see that God possesses perseverance. If we want to get perseverance, we're going to have to go to Him. And you can see also, though, that patience comes from God. Galatians chapter 5 gives the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, 
Beginning in verse 22, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now that word patience in Galatians is different in the Greek than the word perseverance in Romans chapter 15. They're different things. But they're so close that it's easy to confuse them. Let me offer it like this. You cannot persevere without patience. But I think you can be patient and not persevere. I want to say that again because you might want to write it down. You cannot persevere without patience. Patience by definition involves waiting. It does involve enduring. But there's something about perseverance that stands out and makes it unique and it's very important for us to catch that difference. By definition, perseverance, if you look it up in the dictionary, here's how perseverance is going to read. Continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. How many of you have ever known difficulties? How many of you have ever known failure? How many of you have ever known opposition? Okay, so we ought to pay attention to this because this is going to apply to us. Now there's something there that stands out to me. When we looked up persevere, it said to persist. When we look up perseverance, it says continued effort. To be patient. I can be patient. Let's just say I'm shoveling, digging a ditch. And I'm digging a ditch, and all of a sudden it starts to rain. So I decide I'm going to be patient. And so I take my shovel, and I go, and I find a nice covered place, and I just wait. Wait patiently for the storm to pass by. That's patience. But then there's perseverance, where the storm comes and you continue, regardless of the outside influences that are counteracting against your actions, that are pushing against the direction that you're moving. I shovel backwards, by the way. Do you notice that? I do. Persistence. To be a persistent people. To be a people who persevere. And operate in perseverance means we don't just wait for things to pass, but we keep moving no matter what. You don't stop. You don't stop. You don't stop. You don't stop. You keep going. You keep going. You keep going. And it's necessary as believers. It's required. It's the very example of Jesus Christ. As He's preaching and as He's ministering, He doesn't just wait for the political climate to settle down so that there'll be less opposition for His message. But He continues... Perseverance. Perseverance is extremely powerful and it's absolutely necessary for the following things. I told you before, we're going to find out how to be fruitful. Now this is really important. I don't want to spend too much time here for time's sake, but I do want to call everyone to pay very close attention to the context of what we're about to read. I'll give you the passage of Scripture and we'll discuss the context in a moment. So how to be fruitful. Luke chapter 8 Verse 15, if you're taking notes, Luke chapter 8, verse 15. I want to encourage you in your own time, visit Luke chapter 8. Read the things that Jesus is saying here. I'll take a moment to paraphrase. 
As Jesus is speaking, he's ministering. He's actually preaching a word. He's preaching a message. There are times where he's talking to people, and there's other times where he's ministering to a crowd. And this is one of the times where he's ministering to a crowd, and he's talking to them about fruitfulness. And he's talking about the seed, which is the word of God being sown, and the hearts of every person being the soil in which the seed is sown. And he talks about how those hearts can be different. Some of those hearts can be hard. Where that seed never goes in. It just sits on the outside and is snatched away. And then some of those hearts are soft and can accept some of it, but not all of it because they have hard places. And he says the Word of God there doesn't have room to put down any roots. And so as soon as things get tough, it withers up and is gone. And then he talks about hearts that have weeds in them. So the seed falls on soil and it puts down roots and it grows up, but then there's other things, distractions. Jesus calls them the cares of the world and they strangle out the Word of God. And then he talks about the heart that is soft, that has no rocks, that has no weeds. This is the good soil as he's preaching. And he says that seed goes and it falls upon that good soil and it bears fruit. But that's just half the story. Here's how he says the fruitfulness comes to pass. In Luke chapter 8, specifically verse 15. But on that good ground, the seed falls. And that good ground, which is an honest and good heart. Having heard the word, it's kept. And it brings forth fruit with perseverance. It brings forth fruit with perseverance. I think that's worth making note of. If I was going to highlight a word there, I would highlight perseverance. I can devote my life to tending to my heart, making sure that it's soft to receive the Word of God, making sure that there's not hard places in it, making sure that there's not idolatry and distractions, things that I love just a little bit more than the things of God. And it'll all be for nothing without perseverance. Because the moment the things of God begin to manifest in my life, there's going to be opposition coming and pushing against. Coming and pushing against. Coming and pushing against. And if I decide to be patient and just wait for the opposition to pass by, the moment I re-engage, it's back. So for us as believers, patience is meant to inspire another step. That step that puts us back in action regardless of the opposition, regardless of the weariness, regardless of the effort of those who are pushing back against us, we keep moving. Persevere. And without perseverance, we can't be fruitful. Perseverance is powerful for defeating sin and temptation. I want to give you a scripture and then I want to discuss it because it's really profound. It's so deep, but yet it's so short as if it belongs in one of God's fortune cookies. It's just a sentence, like a few words and a few, but you could ponder it and think about it forever. I'll give it to you here. Luke chapter 21, verse 19. Luke 21, verse 19, if you want to write that down. Now here's the words to it. In your persistence, in your persistence, not in God's persistence, Not in the persistence of Jesus Christ, but in your persistence. 
You possess your own soul. Possess meaning save. Possess meaning deliver. Possess meaning keep. Remember Jesus talked about one who would desire to keep his life and he would be forced to lose it. And the one that tried not to lose his life by keeping it, it wouldn't work out. For us here, there is a way that we're called to persevere in order to keep our soul. Keep it from what? Keep it from corruption. Keep it from temptation. Keep it from bondage. Keep it from affliction. And all of that is persistence. And persistence is we keep doing what God's called us to do. No matter how much resistance, no matter how much pushback, we keep doing what God's called us to do. No matter how hard, no matter how difficult, no matter how tired, we keep going. It's necessary. Now this could be in a top five for least popular messages ever preached by a pastor. But you want to know something? Jesus said it in much fewer words. He said, if you want to follow after me, you're going to have to carry your cross every day. I'm going to go through this one time. Once for all. But if you want to follow after me, you're going to have to carry yours every day. Persistence. Persistence. Persevere. Perseverance. Keep pushing. Because the world is going to push back. Perseverance has these wonderful effects. It has the ability to make us fruitful. It has the ability to make all of the messages that we've heard, just like we read about there in Luke. All the church services, all of the Bible studies, all of your time reading the Scripture, having it imparted into your life, it has the ability to make it actually have an effect. That's how powerful it is. It's a wonderful thing, but perseverance has to be worked in order for it to work. It has to be worked in order for it to work. I want to give you a couple of passages of Scripture. We're going to point out a few things here. We're going to begin to close. But I'd like for you to write it down for your notes. Romans chapter 5. I want to begin in verse 1. We're going to go through verse 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. That's good news, by the way. Now verse 2. By whom we also have access by faith to this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Verse 3. Not only this, but we glory in tribulation. Tribulation is just a fancy word for problem. How many of you have problems? If you have problems, then you're a candidate for this word to be something good in your life. And not only this, but we glory with our problems. Knowing that problems work or bring about is actually the literal translation. Problems bring about perseverance. And then perseverance brings about experience. Experience is a strange thing. I mean, life experience I've had a lot of different life experience and it has developed the person that I am today. So it makes sense when I read this passage and it should to you as well because of your experiences. Depending on what translation you have here, your Bible might not have the word experience. It has a literal translation which would mean this. That problems bring about perseverance and then perseverance brings about proven character. Proven character. 
proven character. That means we've got a problem. There's a problem here. We're going to persevere no matter how much the problem pushes back. We push, we push, we push, we push. That then has an effect, and the effect is proven character. A reputation, so to speak. But that proven character produces something. It doesn't stop there. That proven character produces hope. And hope never disappoints. Because the God of love has shed abroad in our hearts the Holy Spirit which He's given us. Perseverance is necessary for us to function and operate in the hope that God's good and the hope that God will empower us. That willingness to keep going, to not quit, to keep moving, to persevere no matter how much pushback there is. Inspire something great. That hope that no matter how tired, no matter how weak, right about the time we feel like we can't stand it anymore, God will empower us. And He will. I want to give you a passage here. I told you before we're going to find out how to be perfect. I'd like for you to write down for your notes James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. How to be perfect. That call that Jesus made, go and be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. What an amazing thing. Just as. And then that He wouldn't call us to be just as He is perfect. But He would take it straight to the top. God the Father. Be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. Here's an opportunity for us to see what we need to do, how we need to live, how we should function, what perspective we need to have to let that perfection be a reality in our lives, a pursuit in our lives. It becomes attainable in our lives when we rightly interpret the Scripture. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It reads like this, My brethren, hey, that's a cool thing. I know we stop a lot, but I like that. Here's James calling you his brethren. You know, he's Jesus' brother, right? And yet he's calling you the brethren. What a wonderful family connection. Hey, my brethren, hey, count it all joy when you fall into these things, these trials, these tribulations. When there's temptation. And know that the trying of your faith, the things that you go through, the problems that you have, the pushback that you feel, when you know you're doing what God's called you to do, just know that all of that brings about something. It brings about perseverance. Then it goes on to say this in verse 4, and this is really the point. Remember, perseverance is keep on moving no matter what. Continued effort are the first words in its dictionary's definition. Knowing this, that your problems bring about perseverance. Let perseverance have her perfect work that you may be perfected, that you may be whole, that you may be wanting of nothing. Perseverance is necessary for that perfection. I think as we consider and ponder 
perfection in our lives. It's a life without problems. A life without difficulty. A life without sorrow or pain or life without labor. But as we see a biblical definition here of perfection, it's not a life without those things. It's how we handle those things in our life. When difficulty comes in, hardship comes in, trial comes in, when things begin to push back against all of the call of God upon our lives, how do we respond? Do we give it our best for a season and then call it? Do we decide we're going to try to wait it out? And so we just kind of take ourselves out of the game. Check me out, coach. I need a rest. Or do we keep pushing? Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. That was awesome. At least it wasn't like, shoop, shoop, battle, shoop, battle. Here I go, here I go, here I go. (laughs) We keep pushing. I mean, we do. That's our call. And it's the key to fruitfulness. Listen, I want to be fruitful. And I could live out my life pursuing being a fruitful man. But as long as I'm functioning here to serve pastorally and to minister and to be a part of your life, I'm only successful if you're fruitful. I want you fruitful. I want you to be the most fruitful people. And if perseverance is necessary to take the words that we hear when we get into the Scripture, if we've got to persevere knowing that these words are going to be met with opposition as soon as we're out that door, And I want to stir and encourage and impart perseverance as much as we can. Hold, hold, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Don't give up. And when you read in the scripture about the promises that are so easy, it's easy to see the results. But when you look at the process, it's amazing to see what perseverance can accomplish when we trust that God will do everything He said He would do, and I'm not going to give up. I'm going to lean into it with all that I have, and I'm going to push until I can't push anymore. And I'm going to trust that as soon as I can't push anymore, He's going to give me the power to keep going. Persevere. I want to persevere in my marriage. I want to persevere raising my kids. I want to persevere in my faith and my morality. I want to persevere in everything that is the kingdom of God. I want to persevere in everything that's in this world. I want to persevere in commerce and business. I want to persevere no matter what. I want to push and do it God's way no matter what opposition comes my way. And I want that to be the same for all of us so that we can come to know fruitfulness. I want to ask you to stand with me this morning. Thank you for listening to this message from Champions Church. We invite you to join us this Sunday for our celebration worship service. For more information, please visit us at Champs